You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. It's great to be with you this morning as we take a look into our new series called Created for Connection and uh, looking forward to the next couple weeks as we roll this out. Uh, a number of years ago when I was pastoring in Vancouver, the church that I was pastoring at was preparing to undertake a church planting initiative in Europe. Uh, it was to roll out over three years to send multiple teams and resources and get behind uh, church planting operations and initiatives in Eastern Europe. And um, a year before we started to send over the teams and get involved with that project, 
uh, I was sent as, as uh, the member of the pastoral team there to do some of the reconnaissance and the on-ground logistics, just kind of go and survey the land, get to know where we were going in the regions, uh, logistics for things like airports and train stations and moving around and shuttles and bus rentals and things and uh, places to stay, meet the local churches, find an interview and connect with the church planters we were going to work with find out what the needs were. And so I spent two weeks over there by myself traveling around to, uh, to different places. And um, as is often the case when, uh, when we're traveling with uh, those mission things is we usually try to get the cheapest deal we can on airfare and flights and they're not always the most convenient and when they go and that. And, and so uh, luckily for me on that trip, I had a two-day layover in Prague. And uh, which is one of the most beautiful cities, is uh, steeped in history and culture in Europe. And uh, I had two days to just kind of take in museums and castles and art galleries and just the bridges and the buildings and the architecture. And it, it is just incredible. It's stunning. And um, I've done missions in Central America, Asia, and Africa. And uh, so I've been to quite a few different countries, and, um, and what I've found is this, is um, uh, Europe is really my happy place. And, uh, and I really like missions in Europe. And so Jesus, don't send me to Europe, okay? That's, uh, that's, the, that's the prayer. And um, we, we, um, we have found this, that, um, th- th- that there are people that are so good at things, it's almost like they were born to do it, okay? Uh, people who are like mountain climbers and on expeditions, or marathon runners. It's like they're genetically created by Jesus to excel, to be world-class at that. And I actually, as your pastor, would say that I am genetically engineered by Jesus to sit in old Europe at an outdoor cafe on a cobblestone street (laughs) drinking cappuccinos. Like, my butt will sit there so much better than anybody else's, and I can just soak in and take it in and appreciate the beauty. And I'm pretty sure that Jesus made me a world-class, old, old Europe cappuccino drinker. And um, as, as good as it was, as good as it was to take all of that in and all that beauty and you know, take the f- photographs and uh, just be in the moment, um, I had this one prevailing, nagging thought the entire time I was there. And it was this thought, it was, I wish Angela could see this, my wife. Uh, I wish the kids could see this. And all the things, the, the most amazing architecture, the most amazing scenery, the most amazing culture, it somehow didn't seem as significant to not be able to share it with somebody. And in fact, I was, I was on my own, didn't know anybody, spent two days trying to figure my way. And it was like all these things, I just wanted somebody to experience it with me. And I was uh, thinking of this, this series and this, the power of shared experiences and how when we share experiences, share spiritual experiences with someone else, it makes it more meaningful. And our series is called Created for Connection to look at how Jesus has created the church as the body of Christ for us to be connected together. And um, this idea of uh, the power of shared experiences is where I want to start today. It's built on this one thought, this one idea that, that our faith in Jesus is at its best 
when we are in spiritual connection with other people, when we're connected with others in the body of Christ, our lives are richer and our faith becomes more vibrant. Our faith becomes more alive. James 5, 13, 16 says this. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The heart of this passage, the heart of what James is saying here is how miracles and spiritual encounters, significant spiritual encounters, miracles, breakthroughs, they flow out of humble connection and vulnerability with one another. If you're happy, sing praises with one another. If you're sick, call in the elders to pray with you. Confess your sins and your needs to one another. James is giving a community manifesto to be real with one another, to rely on one another, to share our weaknesses and share our strengths. It's a call for vulnerability, for authenticity. We limit the significance of our faith whenever we isolate ourselves from connection with other believers. One of the shifts that's taken place in our culture, it's a recent shift for Christianity, is the idea in Western Christianity, the new concept, that a person can be a follower of Jesus outside of Christian community. It kind of looks like this. It's like, well, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Or I don't really like that place, and I don't like this place, and they're not doing it right over there, and so I'm just going to be on my own, and I've got some friends, and we're just going to make our own small group, and Two or more are gathered, and, and there's lots of different ways to look at that. But this is actually a new idea, and it's a new spin on Christianity. Since the early days of the early church, Christianity has always been known as a communal faith that is lived and expressed in relationship with other people. And all throughout history, since the early church, Christianity has been known as a them, it's a them, those ones, as a group, not as individuals. And what has happened in our culture is the, the pursuit for autonomy, the pursuit for independence, the pursuit for our own life on our own terms and all these things has elevated the idea of the personal relationship with Jesus and has been isolating us from deep connection and connection with other people. And could it be that one of the greatest challenges facing the church today is how we are redefining our faith into a solo experience? We lose something significant about our faith if we lose connection to one another. This is why we use our hashtag around here, better together. We try to use that in different places and social media, try to refer to it throughout the year and emphasize and try to remind us that we are better together, that when we are connected together, we are better positioned to strengthen and encourage 
and bring life and, and, um, and hope into one another's lives. We are better together. And Christianity is morphing in our Western culture where we are elevating a personal experience apart from connection to others. This is one of the challenges that we face in the church today. Uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke on the shalom piece of Jesus. And I talked about the struggles that many within our community even have with uh, issues of anxiety and depression. And I heard from so many in our community that identified with that talk. And as I, I briefly visited with people, some, some at the altar and kind of praying after the, the talks, uh, gave that talk three times over the course of our community that Sunday. Uh, some conversations that happened in the coffee shop, some conversations that happened beyond in throughout the week on email or phone calls. And uh, I began to get a little picture into so many different people's lives and just a, a small picture of their stories. And I heard over and over and over how appreciative people were that someone talked about anxiety because so often they felt like they were the only ones who wrestled with it. And somehow there was this element, this ability to take great encouragement and hope, knowing that they are not the only one who struggles with something. And that message reawakened my heart to the power of shared experiences. And I've learned from, from counselors, uh, and this is not, uh, I am not a mental health expert, but one of the things that I have discovered is two of the, of the manifested behaviors and outcomes when we wrestle with anxiety and depression in our lives. Two of the more common and sometimes destructive manifestations of behavior are avoidant behavior and isolation. And these things come into our life and sometimes the, the, the avoidant behavior is to try to avoid everything that can trigger us and, 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 and things. And what happens is we focus and dwell so much on it that the avoidant behavior actually emphasizes and increases and gives it more power and more significance in our life. And it just cycles like out of control. And another is this idea of isolation where we, will just, we just want to be cut off and disconnected from others. And the more we get disconnected and the more we withdraw, the more we lose the opportunity to, to gain strength, purpose, and significance from community and from others. And there is, a, there is um, a tool that seems to come from the enemy. It's a common thing that happens in our lives. When you feel angry and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment towards somebody and the devil gets his foothold in. And what do we do? We want to withdraw and cut ourselves off from people. We hold a grudge. It's like in so many different ways, in so many different instances, it seems like there's something about isolating us from the body of Christ that has a detrimental effect and impact on us. And we think we're okay and we think we don't need it and, and, and it hurts us and it limits us. There is beauty and there is strength, there is purpose in being in community and being connected with other believers it's the way God has created us to be. 
Whatever your struggle is, whatever your secret is, whatever your need is, whatever that thing is that's in your life that won't let go, whatever you're hiding, whatever you're wrestling with, there's someone else in your life, there's someone else in our community who is facing that thing right now. There's someone else in your life, there's someone else in our community who's faced it before and made it through to the other side. Some of the most remarkable people I know are people who walk with a limp. They're people who took a shot, they took a hit, they went through it, and they came out. They came out, they rose above, they figured a way through. They didn't come through it unscathed, and they walk with a limp. And our theology is not that God gave you something to teach you something or to, you know, our theology is God can show up and he can help and he can redeem. Our belief is in Jesus who is the redeemer, the restorer, the healer, the one who sets us free, the one who helps us move forward. We may move forward with a limp, but we move forward. This is the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus brings. And some of the most amazing people that I know are people who have gone through that. And you know what? They are gifted. They are awakened. They are sensitive. You walk with a limp, you instantly can identify with somebody else who's struggling with that same thing, somebody who's going through it. It's like your spidey senses for empathy and compassion and understanding are off the charts. And there's something beautiful about being connected into the body of Christ and walking with our limps together to encourage one another, to bring life to one another, to bring strength to one another. Do you know, as, as people in creation, in, in all of creation, all of the creatures that Jesus made, humans, one of the things that sets us apart and elevates us, and of course there are many, but one is our ability to empathize our ability to look at somebody and feel their pain, feel their need, identify and mirror back facial expressions, mirror back emotions, pick up on cues in people. Jesus made us to be connected in community. And there is something about the gift of empathy and the gift of caring for people and learning to walk with a limp and learning to let that be the beauty of who you are and the beauty of your story. And it can bring life and courage and purpose to somebody else. There's something, there's someone, there's somebody else who needs to know that they're not the only one. And you can be their source of strength and encouragement. But you see, those things only happen when we are connected in community. We can't encourage one another. We can't strengthen one another. We can't find hope in the fact that I'm not the only one and there's hope in this. I can get through it. We, we don't have that if we're not connected and if we're not sharing and understanding our lives and our stories. And maybe one of the greatest challenges for the Christian church today is not our lack of holiness or our lack of faith, but our lack of connection for one another. This is a point of need in our culture. It's a manifested effect of our culture 
of our pursuit for autonomy in our own lives. And we have been duped. We are not as connected in our culture. Churches, Christian believers in our culture are not as connected to one another as we were 10 years ago, as we were 25 years ago, as we were 50 years ago. I'm not lamenting the good old days. There's a lot of bad in the good old days. But there is something to be said for being in community with others that we do not have in our churches and our cultures today. It is the hardest thing as a pastor to help and to facilitate and bring, to meet with somebody and say, I'm not connecting. I don't know how, to, how do I connect? How do I find friends? How do I? And you know what? We can't program. We can't run the connect group Wednesday nights at seven for six weeks and you go there and then all of a sudden now you've got like it all figured out. I can't give five points that start with a P in two minutes or less to help us all learn how to be great, amazing connectors. It's hard in our culture. I don't have the answers. Nobody does. If there was a way to figure it out, that person would be a gazillionaire and be on the church conference circuit. But one of our points of need in our churches and our culture today is connection, significant connection with other believers. And it's hard to do. We spend more time looking at the backs of one another's heads than we do interacting with people. We try to have affinity groups to make opportunities for people to engage with one another, maybe on a Friday night or in somebody's home. And uh, I've been a part of all these different things at different levels. And I will tell you that I can sit down on a couch in somebody's living room and find out more about their life in five minutes than I can in spending 20 seconds saying hello to somebody over three years as they walk in and out on a Sunday morning. This has meaning. This has significance. Being together in community is important, but it can't be the only thing. It can't be the only thing. There is a call for authentic, real community in Scripture because it is one of the things that holds us and cements us together and helps our spiritual lives. We are created for connection, and there is power in shared experiences. There's growing evidence that addiction recovery is the most successful when it includes helping people in recovery become connected with other people. Celebrate Recovery is a, a really effective ministry with uh, locations all over North America. Started out of Saddleback Church with Rick Warren. Uh, there's a Celebrate Recovery ministry based out of Evangel here in town. And it encourages and it's built on the idea of open sharing of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That's the language that, that they use in that ministry. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And we share those things in safe, open community. And it, it, just, it just does something. It helps. Recovery programs have proven the writers of the New Testament right. And hundreds of years of Christian history shows us that there is great power in sharing our struggles and our victories with one another. And unfortunately, we do not know one another's stories in our communities like we used to. Hearing about how Jesus shows up in somebody's life, hearing the testimony, hearing the praise report, hearing that God heals, that God delivers, that God breaks through, that God helps, that God restores relationships and, 
When we hear about those things, it builds our faith. It builds our hope. Sharing our need and having someone pray for us and support us and encourage us builds our faith. Finding out someone else has struggled with the same things you do and they made it through to the other side builds our faith. But those things only happen if we're connected. And you know, I don't understand, I don't fully know how it is. I think it's something about light and darkness. And, and, but there is power in finding somebody safe in your life that you can just be real with and you can share with. It is a life, it's like you can breathe. Things that can suffocate you otherwise when there's just somebody else that you can share with. It takes the weight off. It lets you just kind of, to know you're safe, to know you're not judged, to know that somebody would encourage you and pray for you and understand you, and bless you. It's like the things that hold us back the things that ensnare our lives and our hearts, our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups, those things, when we keep them in the dark and we isolate ourselves and we hold on to them and we don't let anybody else in, what we end up doing is we give those things power. We give those things control over our life. And it is a beautiful thing to be able to find trusted connection with others that we can share that stuff when you can kind of open up the crack of your heart and your soul and let it out, something beautiful happens. And I think it's part of how there's light and darkness and in light everything is made beautiful and it's Jesus and it's his forgiveness and we need that. We need that in our lives. We need that in our culture. We need that. Uh, I'm gonna get the band to come. We're gonna get ready to close this morning. And um, if, here, here's what I, I thought we could do today. If the power of shared experiences is significant, and if we spend too much time staring at the backs of one another's heads instead of connecting with one another, and we can't have a program for being friendly and connected, and we can't, and like, perhaps we just need to make opportunity as James says, to come and confess our, confess our sin, confess our need, pray for one another, sing a song, worship together, and, and call on the elders and, and share your story, share your testimonies, share your good stuff, and share the points of need. And this morning, we even began to do that as we had people pray with our prayer ministry team during the worship time. That's something we're gonna grow in and we're gonna keep leaning into, we're gonna keep growing. And I think in a year from now, or maybe sooner, this church is, we're gonna, this is just gonna be commonplace where you can come and you got something going on and you know that you can come and somebody's gonna be there and they're gonna pray for you and they're gonna stand with you. And we wanna model being a safe place and we wanna create that. But there's something about shared experiences and hearing stories, hearing the testimonies and the good things, sharing a point of need, knowing that you're not alone and somebody else can pray with you and encourage you in that. And so this morning, we're going to take a couple of minutes before we dismiss to honor being connected to one another, to be intentional and to value that, to, to lean on our value of trying to be a safe place. And so before we're gone, um, we're gonna have Oliver's got the microphone. He's at the back.
And um, what we would encourage and invite us to do briefly, and we're not looking for long, eloquent stuff and all that. We're just looking to hear and let the Holy Spirit minister. If you have a word of testimony, of praise report, of something that God has done recently that you want to give glory to Jesus for, or maybe it's a point of need, something on your heart, something that you feel you need to share today, this is an opportunity for us to say, let's call on the elders, let's be the church, let's pray together, let's lift one another up, let's create an opportunity for spiritual connection. And so just for the next moment, if you can just, maybe you stand or wave your hand, it's, it's much easier. If we have the microphone, everybody can hear, and um, then we'll be informed, and we can hear your story and be blessed by it, pray for you. So let's start. Hello. Um, I don't know if everyone knew this, but a um, bunch of um, Albertans, missionaries, were in Haiti. Um, they went down February 4th, and um, they did really well for the first week. Then unfortunately, Haiti started falling apart. There was a lot of riots and um, unrest, and they were actually locked in the compound. And they were supposed to leave on Wednesday, and they were having problems. They couldn't get out of the compound because of everything was burning, riots, everything. Um, they were able to, with all the prayer and everything that was going through, um, a helicopter was supposed to come on Friday to get them. There was malfunctions, it couldn't go. Finally, on Saturday, three trips, and all of them got out. And they're all in Miami right now. Sorry, I know three of them very personally, so it was really awesome to know that they're safe. You know, God was there, and he got all 24 Albertans out of Haiti. great. Someone else have something they would like to share? Oliver, right over here. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I'm a visitor. I won't be here next week. Maybe never again. <laughs> but it's been a blessing. And I would like to say it's such a joy to see so many young people, young couples. This is wonderful. But I tell you, I've been married 66 years to the same man, and it's been great. But right at the beginning, we said, Lord, we want your will in our lives. And he has blessed us. We have gone places. We have been to Nigeria, <laughs> the Philippines, all of, uh, Europe, and it's been wonderful. God has supplied every penny of the way, every need. He's never failed us. Uh, we've taken the whole family with us to places. Uh, it's just been wonderful. And I want to recommend to you, just commit your whole lives, not just casually, but seriously. Get together, pray together. And commit your whole life and see what God does and how he leads you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, someone else have something on their heart they'd like to 
We'll get in the back after, okay? Oh, yeah. I'm not a very good public speaker. Um, two weeks ago, I was in a bad rear end just um, outside of Edward Street, just on the highway here. And um, I, like, I swear I saw... What happened to me was I know God was with me in that moment because I got hit so hard and um, he spared my life. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. Um, unfortunately, the week after, uh, last, the, um, well, it was actually five days after my accident, um, the same spot just uh, outside here, um, I don't know if any of you heard, but there was an 18-year-old that um, perished in a really serious accident. So um, when things like that happen, I don't quite understand like um, why I was given the life and he took a life. But yeah, so I'm just learning. And uh, so yeah, I want to pray for that family that lost a son, and uh, and I'm here today, so thank you. Oliver, do you want to, maybe let's just pray for that for that family. Thank you for, for sharing that. Oliver, just lead us in prayer for that. Yeah, pray with me. Father, we uh, come to you with uh, questions, confusion, not always wondering, uh, not always knowing what you're doing or why things happen, but uh, Lord, we come and we cling to you. We trust in your character, your goodness. Lord, we, we pray for your grace and your mercy over that family, over that, uh, that situation, all those involved. Lord, we pray for your, uh, your grace to cover and, and sustain them as they walk through a tragedy. And Lord, would we uh, be people who, who cling to you in those times of, of tragedy and, and not run away from you, but, but come and draw near to you because you give us life. And so, Lord, we pray that over that family in your name. Amen. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. It's a great, great testimony. I think there's somebody just in behind there, Oliver. So, yeah. Um, hi. So this past uh, month, um, we have this series, Travel Light, and we've talked about hope and like hoping versus wishful thinking so I decided to hope based on God's character and his faithfulness and uh, my husband and I we've been waiting to have a baby uh, for nine years and then even though I don't have the baby after a few weeks of that message I decided to start dedicating our baby to come and I've heard a message as well that I wanted to share that um, his promise when is based on his grace to us. And when he gave us his promise, there's a purpose not just for us, but for other people to believe and trust and continue to hope. So I wanted to share a testimony that just recently I found that I'm pregnant. <laughs> Hello. As usual, I got here late, so I just was like hearing testimonies and uh, hi. Um, 
Exactly seven days and eight hours ago, I was in a very, what would have been a serious accident otherwise, for the grace of God. Um, and then I heard your story and I wasn't going to share anything, but I was like, oh, I guess I should. Um, I live in Lake Country and anybody who lives in Lake Country might notice there was used to be a Lake Country municipality sign and I kind of thought I should just take it out with my car. So um, I, I didn't notice at the time, but um, I'd hit because I landed on a telephone pole at the end of it. But I spun out of control after being in downtown at late Saturday night and it was 3.30 in the morning and I made the Facebook page of our trailer complex because everybody heard this bang. But uh, I, I slid, I fishtailed, and I hit this sign and knocked it completely over. And then I think I flipped and I ended up landing sideways on the telephone pole. And were it not for the telephone pole, I would have probably continued down the bank into the creek and my kids wouldn't have me here. So um, and my girlfriend who lives across the street from me, who's a nurse actually was on shift and she drove me home at the end of everything. But I, like you said, I, I don't know why I'm here except for that my kids need me because I don't deserve to be here. And, um, but, um, I don't know if this is the same story, but I had heard that a, a, a young boy had passed away, and on the same day I heard two different people that I knew uh, had passed away like that same day, and I was like, why am I here and these two people aren't here? So like, it's, uh, it's just a, a testimony of God's grace, and like, there's, we, we can't take our lives for granted. Um, and just prior to that, I heard a story, uh, Pris Priscilla Shire, I guess, was sharing a story about how her cousin, her female cousin, mother of four, just randomly died of an aneurysm or something and she was 38 and she said you know you think you're gonna live to be 80 but you don't know how many days you have left and if you're old because you're 80 that's because it's how long you have on this earth but if your time is only 40 years or 32 years then you don't know that me if you're old now like I don't know if I'm old or if I'm young but I don't know how many days I have left and so I'm just trying to be really thankful to God and not take anything for granted, even on days where I forget that I'm still here for that. So just, um, I'm thankful to God for, for everything. So thank you. Um, I have two. First of all, um, after I heard Megan got in that accident, I was like warning all my friends, guys, you really need to be careful. And because she was so close to home and she got in an accident. And then a few days later, I texted my mom, and then she's like, oh, I was just in a car accident near Lake, Lake Country, and I hit black ice, and um, she hit that side of the road and whatever, but I was realizing, like, I totally take my relationship with my mom for granted and don't visit her as much as I should, but I was just so thankful that she was alive and she only had some damage to her left arm. Um, yeah, and then a few weeks ago, I worked with kids and I contacted strep throat and I thought, I don't love running to medication. I wanted to just trust God, um, trust his word that he wants me to walk in health. And um, still working, yeah. And uh, so I took the day off work and I just opened the word and found a bunch of healing scriptures and started meditating on it and um, like I realized it's easy to stand on the word of God when you're when everything's going great when your body's feeling great it's so easy to say oh yeah I got faith but when I kept swallowing and having that pain like my faith was just wavering like oh my gosh God why aren't you healing me how come I'm not healed now and 
And I kept remembering James where it says a double-minded man will not receive anything of the Lord. So I was like, no, no, I'm not standing based on these symptoms. I went to the doctor because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't contagious working with kids. He said I wasn't, but he begged me to go take some antibiotics. I said yes, but I didn't. Um, but um, yeah, I just kept standing on the word and just refused. And a few days later, I had this coffee mug. and. I always thought that it came apart, but it didn't. So finally when it did, I realized it probably had like a bunch of mildew in it. So like the Lord just kind of popped it open as I was playing with it. And after I cleaned it, a few days later, all my symptoms were gone without any antibiotics. So yeah. Hi, um, I just want to thank God for the life of one of my friends. A couple weeks ago, we were in Vancouver for a concert, and the concert was over. We all went to McDonald's after to get some food. Like, the night was pretty much done. Um, and then he wanted us, because they were still heading somewhere after some of us, the rest of us wanted to go home. So he wanted to, uh, he had a bag with him, and he wanted to give it to one of us to take home for him so he didn't have to carry for the rest of the night. And then as he, he ran across the traffic light, and the next thing we know, he gets hit by a car, and then he hits another car and falls on the floor. And like, we did not know where this car came from. It was just out of the blue. Um, then we all ran towards him. He was just like lying on the floor. We did not know if he was alive, if his neck was broken, if he could move, nothing. Um, then we kind of like, just we're just watching, just trying to see if he can move a little bit. Then he starts moving, and then he like, we help him like sit up, and then like the right side of his face is just like covered in blood, and like everyone's like trying to figure out what's going on. But fortunately, um, the second car he hit was actually a, a cop car, so within like less than five minutes, there was ambulance there. Somehow, somehow, he got hit by a car flew in the air, hit hit two cars, landed on the floor face first. He did not break a single bone, no concussion, literally nothing. The worst thing that happens is that he lost like two teeth and that's it. So I just want to thank God because there's literally like thousands of things that could have gone wrong. He could have been paralyzed. He could have literally died. So yeah, I just want to thank God for saving his life. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up soon, but uh, we'll do one or two more here. I just want to reach out there. And uh, Chad was talking about people suffering with addiction and suffering in silence. And I just want to encourage you, if you're going through that, reach out to somebody in the church. Talk to them. Bring light to that. Because God will work through that light. He'll work on your heart and he'll bring life to it in the darkest of situations. We're meant to go through this together. Is there one more? Nice and high so we know. Oh, right over here. I have a word for the house, and that's from Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. 
and it says, So they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. I would just like us to pray for Pastor Chad. Um, when you have a pastor that knows the mind of God and the heart of the Father and shares that and encourages you in that path, we need to pray for them. Pray for courage, pray for encouragement, pray for him to continue to hear and to know and have insight because it is something we take for granted. A lot of assemblies, a lot of congregations do not have good shepherds. So when you have a good shepherd, you should value that and you should pour into that and you should invest in that. So he says, if you believe in the prophets, you shall prosper. You believe in, the God, in God himself, you will be established. So I'd just like us to pray for him and pray for courage to do this because this is the heart of the Father, to bring the body together and so that the body of Christ can truly be the body of Christ. So if we can pray for him, that will be awesome. Okay. okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this house. We thank you, Lord, for the heart of your servant, Pastor Chad. We, we pray that, Lord, you would continue to point to him. We pray that your truth would be what would drive him, would be what would enable him. We pray that, Father, that you would surround him with help, with strong support of believers who would come alongside him and to lead your people into the path of righteousness, into the path of truth. Lord, you know his needs, you know Lord, you know the things he fears, you know the areas where he is in despondency at times when he needs encouragement. As David encouraged himself in you, we pray, Lord, that he would find deep encouragement from you. We pray that as you give him insight and visions for this church, that Father, you give him courage to take the step forward and to continue therein, to live, to please you and only you. We ask that this house would grow in lips and bounds. And as your word says in Acts that your word will grow mightily in this place and it will prevail. Your word will prosper, your word will profit, your word will bear fruit in this house. And your name and your name alone, and your name alone will be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you for your encouragement and prayers. Thank you, church, for sharing this morning and being together. We know there's probably more. Uh, and the good news is we are working and have developed a way that you, maybe if you didn't get a chance today, uh, can in down the road be able to share, or maybe this week. We have uh, an email that's connect at thehouseonline.ca. Something that you should know. Connect at thehouseonline.ca. Something that if you have a testimony or a, a, a report of God's faithfulness, God's goodness of healing, miracles, breakthroughs, good things that Jesus is doing, let us know those stories. Even this morning, if you didn't get a chance to share, let us know those stories. And if you have a, a point of need and a prayer need, please uh, send it to us. Connect at thehouseonline.ca. Here's my prayer need. When you send your prayer need, let us know if it's something you want us to hold more privately just within the team or if it's something we can share to a wider network of those who pray with us. And the other would be the encouragement and the invitation for all of you if you would like to be a part of that as we get this going um, and we receive prayer requests to be a part of that team that we can send those prayer requests out to. 
So you could send us an email at connect at thehouseonline.ca and say, I want to be a prayer partner. I want to pray for you. I want to be on the list. And when you send us your prayer needs, maybe even this morning, there's something that you just didn't get the opportunity or maybe didn't feel quite the courage level to share it this morning, but there's something you want us to be praying for, uh, send it to us so we can cover that in prayer. And if you'd like to join us in prayer, would let us know. And uh, we can include you in some of those requests as they come in. And uh, I just want to say that um, we have this, everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, anything's possible. You know, everyone's welcome in the community. It's Jesus' heart to just, he never prevented somebody from coming to see him. He always was open-hearted to everybody. And nobody's perfect is really that understanding that, that we're all sinful. We all are broken at some level. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We're all in need of Jesus. But that anything's possible speaks of the restoration and the forgiveness and the healing and the freedom that we have in Jesus. That anybody can come and we're all hurting and we're all broken. But in Jesus and together, anything is possible. And so we need to maintain and keep leaning into and keep discovering and finding a way to be connected to one another because when we are connected to one another and we get to hear stories and we get to hear how Jesus is working in people's lives, we can empathize, we can build courage, and we can strengthen one another. Thanks for listening to audio from The House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.